0: It's sex out loud, and you're welcome to listen in. Passion on CJAD 800. Trouble Tuesday tonight on the program, which means I answer all of your sex and relationship questions from now until 11 p.m. Get them in uh, by text at 514-800. You can call in at 514 800 You can also email me anytime, Lori, at laurie at drlaurie.com, L-A-U-R-I-E at dot com. And by the way, if there is something you want to add to um, any question that I'm answering, please feel free. You can, uh, you can help out. Let's help each other in all of this. Uh, so, um, I've got some leftover stuff that I want to uh, discuss. So there was one question, uh, somebody sent me, I don't remember last night, I think it was last night. We talked about, uh, somebody sent in a question about fantasizing when you're with a long-term partner, but you fantasize about someone else and lots of people texted in and wrote in their experiences and by and large most people felt that uh, thinking and doing are two different things so fantasizing and actually doing something are completely different although we had some uh, varied responses to this but this person emailed me and said I lent a book men in love about male fantasies think I own that book it's a very old book uh, to a neighbor who stated their love life was suffering after the birth of their second child. He started to enter my house without notice to exhibit himself along with inviting me into their basement for special views of his body parts. There was more with the two of them involved. Finally, I told them to stop, did not talk for years. She condemned me in her ways In contacting them last year to state that it is good that it was helpful to them but not done with my consent, she finally understood that they were wrong. At least they are still happily married and again respectful towards me. The other person I lent the book to ended up having a relationship with the man she may have fantasized about. Her marriage ended. It is a powerful book and good if it does what it is meant to do. So I haven't looked at the book in years. So I, I, would have to look at that to say whether it's good or not, but I'm a little bit confused about what's going on. So you lend these people, this book about male fantasies, you were trying to be a friend and saying, Hey, read this. This might help spice out your spice up your relationship. And then the guy shows up without notice and, uh, to exhibit himself and you let him like, remember that you, you were saying without your consent, but, could you not have kicked him out of your house? Like what happened there? Uh, I'm not sure like where your boundaries were in all of this. So uh, I don't know. I, this this email is uh, slightly confusing to me, but anyhow. I want to follow up as well. There was a question. My boyfriend wants to know how deep a woman's vaginal canal really is and if some women can take larger penises than others. So I just, uh, I wanted to get the exact numbers. I didn't have them yesterday. So the the depth of a vagina basically is anywhere between three and seven inches. Okay, that's the depth. The average is 3.77 inches. So you're thinking... If the depth of a vagina is 3.77 inches and the length of an average penis is 5.3 inches, how the heck does it fit, right? So technically a penis is about 33% longer than a vaginal canal, but this is the beauty of the vagina. It enlarges during sex due to all the blood flow. So when a vagina is aroused with all the blood flow there, it actually lengthens, okay? If the difference is bigger, in other words, if it's more than 33%, then it will cause some discomfort with intercourse. And some women will complain with pain as if it's knocking up against the cervix, et cetera, et cetera. So that is a possibility. So that's a, an interesting piece of um, sex trivia for you, if you will. I suffer from lack of libido due to antidepressant medication and it is affecting my relationship. My partner is very kind about it, but I feel it is causing a rift. What can I do to boost my libido short of stopping the medication? I'm a 30 year old female. That's a a very good question. And unfortunately, Uh, not the best answers to this because, so first of all, when you're um, depressed, one of the symptoms of depression is low libido. Then you treat the depression with antidepressants and the side effect is low libido or difficulty with orgasm or what have you. Um, and this is like super, super common. Uh, unfortunately, but that's the way it goes. So you, you're not going to stop the medication because quality of life dictates that you need to feel less depressed. If you're, because if you get off the medication and start to feel depressed, you're going to lose your libido anyway, but you can talk to your doctor about, um, adding a medication. Sometimes they add another medication like Welbutrin, for example, to kind of counterbalance the effects of the low libido part the sexual side effects or you discuss with your doctor alternative medications there are other ssris that may have less of an impact on your libido so but make sure you discuss this with your doctor because oftentimes uh, we get prescribed antidepressant medication without being told that these are some of the very common side effects. So, uh, I'm happy that you, you have a very understanding partner and it's not your fault. This is something that is a consequence of the medication. I think it's important, even though you lack libido, that you maybe give yourself the opportunity nonetheless to, to feel pleasure. So even if you don't have the hunger for sex that you engage in some sexual play with your partner, a for your partner's sake, but also for you in order to be able to relax your body, think of it as a a, a body massage, which includes a genital massage just to, so that it just feels nice. Uh, You don't necessarily have to have high libido to engage and to, to feel pleasure you might still be able to feel pleasure even if you are uh, not totally into it. So it's something that you can uh, you can also try. Um, let's see. Oh yes, another one with the fantasy. Somebody else wrote in, an ex admitted that he was imagining how sex would be like with this model-esque woman we met, then told me he got turned off by the thought because he said he would feel like he's having sex with a man because she is stolen tall and doesn't have much in the chest area he and in brackets he is a bit of an ass quite frankly i think a lot of men do this either uh, instinct instinctually or out of curiosity depending on their sex drive some people do fantasize more than others there's no question i'm not sure that it's just a man or a woman thing women fantasize too uh, so um, it, it, we don't know. Like those who may, may be more open-minded tend to fantasize more. Those who have positive uh, a positive relationship to sexuality tend to fantasize more. This is what the studies uh, are showing. Uh, a a texture writes in. Uh, it sounds like that couple is very kinky and took their friend's kindness of lending a sexual book as a hint. Yeah, well, you know, you kind of got to have to ask for consent nonetheless. Uh, you don't just assume, so she was being friendly and lending a book on fantasies because whatever, they may have shared with her, but you don't take that as a, oh, I guess she wants to swing with us, right? Uh, you would want to really spell that out, which... Um, would make sense um another text writes evidently there's a clear distinction between sharing a fantasy that both partners equally consent to and one which you selfishly indulge within secrecy thereby hiding from your partner i think you mentioned that last night uh, as well again that's one opinion uh coming up i want to answer the question about how far Could men uh, shoot out? In other words, uh, how far does an ejaculate travel? That's the next question coming up. This is Passion with Dr. Lori Petito on CJAD 800. Uh, So the average distance is about 7 to 10 inches Uh, but which is about 17 to 25 centimeters but masters and johnson who are the you know grandmother and grandfather basically of sex therapy did the first big uh, research and they looked at this and they found that uh, men did not go further than 30 to 60 centimeters in in terms of distance but yet You go online, you find people who say, oh yeah, I can hit the ceiling. I, I've, you know, I've shot out 15 feet or, or whatever. Clearly there's a great variation, but we talk in averages. You always have those outliers, just like you have those uh, in terms of penis size who might be far off the chart in the one end or the other end when the average is, you know, about 5.2 inches or so. So in terms of distance, ejaculation distance, that changes with age, generally speaking. So the older you get, the less propulsion you have, uh, the less power that you have in that. Uh, basically, it's a, in the muscle that 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 uh, propels it out, right? So you lose the the tone of that muscle. As you get older, so even though you're 55, good shape, that's good. Staying in good shape always helps. The when you get older, especially uh, staying healthy, keeping your weight down, et cetera, et cetera, will help you sexually uh, speaking. No question. In terms of, uh, low libido text, a texter wants to know what about low libido on the IUD, uh, the Mona Lisa and breastfeeding. So, um, I'm, I forget whether the, the Mona Lisa IUD is the hormonal based one or not. If it's not the hormone based one, so it's just a copper IUD, uh, then, uh, it shouldn't have an impact on your libido. If uh, it's one with the hormones, it could, uh, although I don't have the research on that exactly. But you ask about breastfeeding, and that one I can tell you definitively, breastfeeding does cut your libido uh, drastically because you are producing prolactin as you breastfeed, and that is the that just takes away... Uh, what you need for for libido so uh, that is true everybody who breastfeeds generally reports a low level of desire but that's a hormonal thing all based on um, on hormones Um, (sighs) wow some people write in all kinds of stuff I better read it ahead of time before I say it out loud Don't take this opportunity to write me your dirty thoughts, please. All right, here's one uh, that I want to share with you and and let's all help this uh, woman out, okay? Uh, I'm a middle-aged cashier who has a a frequent customer at my cash. The mutual physical attraction is absolutely off the charts. I'd like to encourage him but don't want to humiliate myself. Don't even know if he's married. I'm looking for the right partner. I have only about 20 seconds at the cash between customers. What should I do? Should I write my phone number on his receipt or say, does your wife know you look at women like that? Or even sillier, do I know you from somewhere? Ah, I'm old fashioned and don't know what to do. This is way out of my comfort zone. Okay, who wants to help out here? I, what do you say? So you feel an attraction to someone. You feel this attraction, but you don't know anything about them. You don't know whether they're married. You don't know. You could say, well, first of all, I would imagine you might want to start, if it's a frequent customer, that you start a conversation. Hey, how are you doing today? Oh, haven't seen you in a, in a week. How come you never bring your wife along? Or something to that effect so that you are just developing some kind of rapport or conversation with this person. Uh, so that's something that, that I think you, you might want to do first, uh, and then see, see where it goes. See if it bites. Does anybody else have any thoughts on, uh, on what to do with this, uh, and how this woman could approach? I, I know that women generally feel like, uh, they feel shyer to make the first move because, they may have grown up with, that's just not what you do. <laughs> uh, but these days in talking to men, men appreciate uh, women who make the first move. So what do you have to lose anyway, right? You have to think about that. What do you have to lose? So if there's a, a little embarrassing moment, all right, so he won't go to your cash anymore. He'll go to someone else's cash. You're not going to humiliate yourself. It's You're just showing interest or you... Say to them, oh, I like, uh, oh, nice shirt you're wearing today or whatever it is, just engage the person in a conversation. Uh, Grace says, but don't start the conversation, so do you come here often? Right, she already knows he comes there, uh, there often. Uh, the, uh, what are the defer, defer, deferring physiological effects between prolactin and oxytocin? So oxytocin different from prolactin is, uh, basically the, the bonding hormone, which is released through, um, through touch for men more is released through orgasm, but generally it's released through touch that so they call it the, uh, the bonding, uh, hormone. So that's a part of it. And Uh, prolactin, not sure exactly how it works physiologically, but it is released during, uh, breastfeeding. So I'll, I'll look it up a bit and and give you a, a better, uh, a better description of that when I have a a bit more time, uh, another texture to help out the cashier, make the move and don't let yourself feel embarrassed. Just laugh about yourself, whatever happens. I think absolutely. I think you have. Nothing to lose, nothing, nothing, nothing to lose, and everything to gain. It's all right. Then you can both laugh about it. Big deal, right? 514 800 if you have uh, any questions or uh, any comments to anything that we were talking about tonight. You can also call me at 514 790 800. A uh, texter writes, uh, what do you think about anal masturbation for men? Is it dangerous? What precautions should be taken? Is it also for heterosexual men? So the, I find that, that part of the question interesting because we still make the assumption that a- anal play means somehow equals, uh, homosexuality or something like that. And that is not at all, uh, the case so there's anal sex which is the insertion of a penis into a partner's anus which is pleasurable for some maybe not so much for others some people love it some people don't want to even consider it um, but what you need to know first of all is unlike the vagina the anus doesn't produce lubrication when aroused so uh and that and the skin of the anus is also much more fragile than the tissues of the vagina so if you're going to uh uh, practice any kind of anal play whether you're using a uh, a sex toy and there are plenty of sex toys there are butt plugs there are prostate massagers there's a whole lot of toys for men for insertion basically and they're not for gay men they're for all Uh, All men, all men have a a prostate and all men can enjoy uh, having their prostate massaged. I mean, not everybody likes the idea of inserting anything into their um, anus, but some people who do venture there, uh, discover that it, it can be quite pleasurable. So if you're going to do this, you don't want to damage any tissue. So you'd have to go very slow. You want it to be, um, uh, comfortable. You, uh, make sure you use a lot of, uh, lubricant. If you're using any, uh, toys, make sure it's hygienic. So make sure you wash your hands. Make sure you wash the toy that you're going to use before and after very, 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 Uh, very important and and you can pleasure yourself uh, anally as well if this is something that you enjoy but again has nothing to do with your sexual orientation Uh, coming up answering a question about uh, frequency of masturbation typical question but requires an answer nonetheless and sometimes got to repeat some of these things right these There's almost nothing new in sexuality, so these questions do come up. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. We strip away the stigmas every night with Passion on CJAD 800. Your sex and relationship questions answered here tonight. Five one four eight hundred to text in, or you can call in at five one four seven nine zero zero eight hundred. Zito, thank you for being so patient waiting on the line. How are you?
1: Not a pro. I'm good. How about yourself, young good, lady?
0: Good. Good. Thank you. What's good.
1: up? Good. Uh- Well, I I didn't know I had a problem, and I don't know if I would consider it all a problem or not, but when I was in about grade four, my buddy and I, we raised our hand and said, we had to go to the bathroom really bad. So we went, and we did our business, and he looked over at me, and I looked over at him at the urinal, and he said, holy smokes, Vito. (laughs) And then he ran back to the class and announced to the classroom and everything, you should see the size of Vito's penis. Okay. <laughs> now, so I was, what, seven, eight. So as a function of time, you know, playing hockey and university football, I soon came to realize that it's most unusually large. Okay. And and it's no blessing.
0: It's yeah, been, talk uh, to me about that because I've heard that from other men as well who have unusually large penises who say that they have had really difficult times um, having sex.
1: Uh-huh. Well, there's only been a, a few, um, uh, partners that I've had. I'm, I'm, I'm a straight male guy. There's only been a few male partners that I've had that I've been able to get the full, full thrust. But, um, what I found since coming to Montreal, and I wanted to just a- a- ask your opinion on this, there's, you know, two or three young ladies that I know that, um, well, of course, grow, uh, uh, growing up and throughout my teens, twenties, and thirties, you know, oral sex was never real great because of the size and, and tremendous girth. But right. there's a there's a couple young ladies in town that I enjoy oral sex with, and we get together two three times a week. And my question to you is is this is this normal?
0: Is what normal?
1: Getting together with these girls, enjoying. Oral sex, like I haven't been able to experience in the past 43 years.
0: Okay, but I, I, I don't understand. Five, I don't yeah. understand if this is something that they're consenting or you're paying for oh, course, or yeah. whatever. No, yeah,
1: just consent. It's yeah,
0: consenting. So I, yeah. I don't see uh-huh. what the problem is. I mean, they know. Okay. They know you're not exclusive. You're single.
1: Yep. Okay.
0: So I I don't I don't quite see what the dilemma is over here.
1: Okay, I guess yeah. I just uh, you know raised in a puritanical pure won- <laughs> home. And, yeah, and
0: right, exactly. Having,
1: having something that uh, having something that large, it's. Uh, I remember walking around university, you know, even with a girlfriend or uh, just for a lunch, and my uh, male friends who uh, I played football with, they would say, "Oh, does she know, Vito? Does she know?" Oh
0: jeez. It was kind <laughs>
1: of a joke, but
0: <laughs> so anyway, we-
1: for all those men yeah, yeah. men considering a, a larger uh, procedure i would go against it even wearing clothes you know looks uh i've got to be very cautious of what i wear because it looks like i've got my lunch down there someday, See,
0: this you know? is see this is why it's important to i'm glad you brought it up because a lot of people have these misconceptions or think that oh wow this is what they want and this is what everybody wants or this is what all women want When in fact that, that isn't the case. You, you probably get a lot of women running away from that saying, I can't put that in there. Right. There have been a
1: couple when, when, uh, when the flows come off and the jaw drops and it's like, are you crazy?
0: Yeah, there you go. so. So, and I've spoken to other men similar with similar stories where they've had multiple relationships that they couldn't, they just couldn't have sex. The person just, it just wouldn't go in. So uh, it was a curse for one particular guy. I'm thinking of it was a curse for him. So I know that. Thank you, Zito, for uh, calling in and, and sharing your story. Take yeah, care. You're welcome. Thank All you. right. Take Bye. care. All right. A couple of questions. Text here. Lots of text. So if this is for the cashier that wrote in uh, about making wanting to make the first move. Uh, Hi, Dr. Lori, that happened to me. How we got to actually talking was when I caught her one day outside her store on her break and became acquainted with her. This was after about seeing her five times or so at her cash and feeling that mutual attraction. Next thing we knew, we were dating after I gave her my number after a short chat outside. So having that chat is important, right? Uh texter writes, I recently heard in the news that a grocery store now offers different color shopping cards to denote whether someone is single or attached. Perhaps all stores should implement such tactics in order to prevent interested parties, such as your texter, from wondering and possibly losing sleep over the ultimate question. Uh, I like that. Uh, Amongst the numerous lines I've been approached with throughout my life, a recurring one seems to be, Your boyfriend slash husband is a lucky guy, which is a complimentary way of discovering whether someone is single or attached. So perhaps your texter could try the same. That's a great option. I love that. Um, Let's see, another question. My best friend doesn't like my new beau, mostly because of a preconceived notion from the past that doesn't apply to him anymore. Also, he doesn't appeal to her because he has some mannerisms that turn her off. I feel I will be judged when and if I tell her we're together. I'm not sure how to handle this situation, and it's surprising that these types of things still happen to me at 50 years old. You know, at 50 years old, you should have the attitude that you don't care what people think anymore. Um, it, you know, after 50, I no longer had a bucket list. I had a F list, Right fill, fill up the rest. Uh, like you should be able to say that. Like, I don't care it, you're, she's not dating him. You're dating him. You know why you're with him. His mannerisms don't bother you. Uh, so why should they bother her? And if they do well, so be it, but you should not care so much, uh, about what others are thinking and do what makes you happy. If this is what makes you happy, then this is what may then, then pursue what makes you happy turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed frank discussion with passion on cjad 800 still have a few minutes left to answer your questions here tonight at uh, 514 4-800 4-800 to text in. Uh, okay, a couple of things. Um, I am a, uh, I'm a, with a man who has a curved penis. It seems to hit all the right spots. I notice that when I'm on top of him and having an orgasm, I have clear liquid that comes out. I've never experienced this before. It happens when I'm very aroused and have an intense orgasm. My question is, is this what they call squirting? Are these fluids from the vaginal glands or is it urine? so you yes this would be squirting what's happening with the curved penis and this is uh, guys with curved penis should know this it actually could hit the g-spot area much better and so instead of going straight up the canal goes to the side and hits the wall which is actually hitting uh, reverberating against the inner structure of the clitoris and This is associated with an intense orgasm and also with female ejaculation. The fluids uh, don't come from the vaginal glands, they come from another gland called the skeins glands, which are like the equivalent to uh, the prostate basically, where the prostatic fluid is made. Uh, But it does come out through the urethra. So it is generally not urine, but I was reading a study that looked at, um, like that female ejaculation come from one or two places. Uh, and some of them say it, it can be, uh, urine or at least traces of urine, but this usually if the liquid is clear, you've emptied your bladder ahead of time uh, before sex and the liquid is clear, has no smell, uh, then, uh, that it comes from the other glands. So, uh, definitely not urine, but it does come, uh, through the, uh, the urethra. So it, and it gives you that same urge to want to urinate, obviously. Uh, another text writes, um, for someone unusually large, I would like to know how many inches this is more than nine inches. So in, in reference to the call, we had Zito, I didn't want to ask him directly on air, but, uh, he did tell, uh, Chris, our, uh, our technical producer who answered the line that, uh, it's 13 inches. So that would be, you know, twice more than twice the size of your average penis. And, quite rare so uh quite rare in fact uh, your average is again 5 in 5.3 inches um erect would be what it was all right i'm a 15 year old guy my sexual life is quite similar to any 15 plus teen guy just saying on the side your the average first uh, sexual intercourse for, um, boys is around 16 and a half to 17 years old. So just, I'm not sure what you think is a, um, typical sexual life of a 15 year old, but anyhow, uh, I, and obviously I watch porn sometimes it's natural anyway. So my question to you is, am I harming my health or my life? If I'm masturbating twice a week, I'm really very worried about my health and life. Can you help me with this? Does masturbation affect our health a lot? So a lot of people have questions. There's a lot of myths surrounding masturbation still, which is amazing to me, but uh, they're still out there because I guess nobody really talks about masturbation openly and uh, sex education programs around the world don't necessarily uh, talk about the pleasure aspect of it, but Masturbation does not your, affect your health. In fact, quite the opposite. Uh, there are studies that show that frequent ejaculations in your 20s and before uh, are a good protective factor against uh, future prostate cancer. So there is a link between those two things. So it's actually healthy. The difference is, is if you're having so much Uh, If you're masturbating so much and spending so much time on pornography that you don't do anything else, that you avoid socializing, that you don't go out and meet people, that that, like that it's interfering with your life somehow. But twice a week, twice a week for a teenage boy, I'd say is very little. In fact, I've talked to young teenage boys that are doing it ten times a day. Okay, that's a little excessive, and you might hurt yourself with that but it doesn't necessarily mean that it causes any damage to your uh to your health in general you'll see that with time that wanes 15 16 17 big spike in uh, testosterone you discover your sexuality you discover what masturbation is all about and it feels so good you don't stop doing it i mean this is why do people do it because it uh feels good Uh, So this texture writes, having a guy with a curved penis is lucky. I also have gotten more pleasure with a guy with a curved penis. It is more pleasurable than just a long length uh which is uh, it's interesting it, very interesting that you say that because sometimes i get questions from guys who are worried that their penises have a slight curve to them now many penises curve to the right to the left whatever uh it doesn't mean there's a kink in it like you know we're not talking about a curve that looks like a, the letter j we're talking about moving where it goes to one side or another side um or a slight curve that doesn't prevent, uh, prevent intercourse, for example. So, uh, yes, you're, uh, I wish all those guys who have questions about curved penises would only hear this kind of stuff to know that, uh, for a lot of women, it, it's quite good and quite pleasurable. So quite the opposite. Uh, Here's an interesting question. I am a 300-pound, 6-foot, 27-year-old male with issues staying hard. What can I do to fix this? Okay, being overweight, uh, and and the more overweight, the more problems, uh, does contribute, can contribute to erectile dysfunction. So there are studies that have been done on looking at this. There was one in particular um, at the uh, University of, of Naples, if I, if I remember. But they looked at men who had some degree of erectile dysfunction. And these were all men who were considered obese, otherwise healthy, but Uh, obese and they were divided into uh, two groups and what they found is that by reducing their total body weight by at least 10 percent and by uh, eating by making healthier choices and by increasing physical activity uh, they had improvement in erectile uh, functioning so uh, and for like a, a whole bunch of them like the Not just an improvement, but the erectile dysfunction went away uh, completely. So clearly improving your lifestyle overall, very important. Having a medical uh, checkup to make sure that you don't have any other underlying medical issues, also very important. And uh, discuss with your physician the treatment options as well. So you can, you may be a candidate for, uh, some medication to treat the erectile dysfunction, but generally speaking, a healthy lifestyle, really, really, really important. Uh, texter says I masturbate once a day and feel great on the rare, rare occasion when I can't, I can feel that my health isn't up to par. Well, it might energize you or it might make you feel more Zen or it might make you feel, um, you know, just more relaxed, which, uh, which helps. Um, another text writes, mine is curved and it's called the magic stick. Every girl I sleep with always has an orgasm. Another curved penis that provides uh, great pleasure. Uh, there you go. Um, Yeah, I don't have time to answer any more questions. Listen, guys, you can send them to me anytime, okay? You can uh, obviously text them to me during the show, but you can send them to me by email, laurie at drlaurie.com. I answer your questions at the beginning of every show, and if I need more time, I take it at the end of the show. So uh, I want to make sure everybody, everybody who uh, texts in, calls in, sends me emails, gets their answers uh, to their questions. Thank you so much for spending your precious time with me. So appreciate it. Uh, thanks to our technical producer, Chris Aikens. And, uh, again, on social media, if you want to find me at Dr. Lori Betito. pretty easy. B E T I T O how to spell my last name. Coming up here uh, on CJD, we bring you the CTV national news. Have a great rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion.